Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at the top for online edition, you will see the third link down is read A-C-I-M-O-E. On that same drop-down menu, there is a link to well, the same top-level menu, there's a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And today we're starting a new chapter, chapter 24, Specialness and Separation. And we'll read section 1, Introduction, and section 2, Specialness as a Substitute for Love. And, uh, well, I see there's no friend here this morning. So at the top of the hour... um, when we we will pause for remembrance of our lesson, uh, we'll be looking for someone to lead that in place of Fran, who usually doesn't. I'm here. I'm oh, here you're here. <laughs> I'm here. Yeah, I said hi to you. <laughs> oh, you've been you've been here. Okay, I'm sorry. That's I missed okay. you there between Ida and Robin Marie. I think. Yeah. Okay. Ah. Uh, not uh, okay. Well, more people here than I think. Uh, okay. Well, sorry, friend. <laughs> okay. okay. At the top of the hour, friend will help us remember what our purpose is with lesson two fifty seven. Okay. Um, well, uh, let me let me turn to you then, if I may, Lori, to uh, uh, open this call with uh, with one of your poetic openings, or or and or perhaps the group prayer for Ida who's in the hospital this morning. Well, isn't it marvelous to know that um, before we ever reach a moment in time, the Holy Spirit's already been there, (laughs) already going before us constantly. And uh, it's so utterly perfect that yesterday I was guided to this poem from Helen in light of the fact that This morning we want particularly to remember our safety, our collective safety as the sonship. And the beauty 
and magnificence of the created souls we are. The poem I was led to yesterday reflects our joint will and our joint knowing, particularly today on behalf of Ida, who's in the hospital. So we'll join our hearts and minds in this reflection. In the poem from Helen, the poem is called Safety. (laughs) The wish to harm alone engenders fear. Without it, it's protection obvious and shelter offered everywhere. There is no time when safety need be sought, no place where it is absent, and no circumstance which can endanger it in any way. It is secured by every loving thought, especially these loving thoughts that we join with you in Ida today, made more apparent by each loving glance, brought nearer by forgiving words, and kept untroubled, cloudless, open to the light, redeemed, restored, and holy, holy in Christ's sight. Together we'll hold that safety, certain purpose, certain knowing that we're always held in the embrace of our Heavenly Father. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. Everybody. Thank you, Lori. Amen. I would just imagine all of us are are huddled right around you. We're all just circled right around you. Mm -hmm. Love is circled right around me. Thank you. I felt love for the nurse, whom I once would have hated. But this time, I felt love for her while she was my little baby. And thanks to you for sending me that love. I'm complete. So beautiful. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. And Jennifer and Lori. Okay, with us this morning on reading, I have Harrison and Fran, Robin Marie, Jennifer, Lori, Jessica, Lana, Karen, and Judy. And with us in listening, I have Ida. Is there anyone else who's joined the call would like to say good morning or join the reading list? Morning, this is Sandra. Morning, Sandra. You're going to listen? Okay. Anyone else who'd like to just announce and say good morning or join the reading list?
All right. I'll go ahead and get us started then with the first section of chapter 24, the introduction. In chapter 24, Specialness and Separation, the introduction. Forget not that the motivation for this course is the attainment and the keeping of the state of peace. Given this state, the mind is quiet, and the condition in which God remembered, God is remembered, is attained. I'll try that sentence again. Given this state, the mind is quiet, and the condition in which God is remembered is attained. It is not necessary to tell him what to do. He will not fail. Where he can enter, there he is already. And can it be he cannot enter where he wills to be? Peace will be yours because it is his will. Can you believe a shadow can hold back the will that holds the universe secure? God does not wait upon illusions to let him be himself. No more his son. They are. And what illusion that idly seems to drift between them has the power to defeat what is their will. Harrison. Chapter 24, Specialness and Separation, Introduction. Forget not that the motivation for this course is the attainment and the keeping of the state of peace. Given this state, the mind is quiet and the condition in which God is remembered is attained. It is not necessary to tell him what to do. He will not fail. Where he can enter, there he is already. And can it be he cannot enter where he wills to be? Peace will be yours because it is his will. Can you believe a shadow can hold back the will that holds the universe secure? God does not wait upon illusions to let him be himself. No more his son. They are. And what illusion that I seems to drift between them has the power to defeat what is their will. To learn this course requires willingness 
to question every value that you hold. No one can be kept hidden and obscure, but it will jeopardize your learning. Read that again. Not one can be kept hidden and obscure, but will jeopardize your learning. No belief is neutral. Everyone has the power to dictate each decision you make. For a decision is a conclusion based on everything that you believe. It is the outcome of belief and follows it as surely as the suffering followed guilt and freedom sinlessness. There is no substitute for peace. What God creates has no alternative. The truth arises from what he knows and your decisions come and your decisions come from your beliefs as certainly as all creation rose in his mind because of what he knows. Thank you, Harrison. And Fran, would you read two and just roll into section two? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Paragraph two. To learn this course requires willingness to question every value that you hold. Not one can be kept hidden and obscure, but it will jeopardize your learning. No belief is neutral. Everyone has the power to dictate each decision you make. For a decision is a conclusion based on everything that you believe. It is the outcome of belief and follows it as surely as does suffering follow guilt and freedom sinlessness. There is no substitute for peace. What God creates has no alternative. The truth arises from what he knows, and your decisions come from your beliefs as certainly as all creation rose in his mind because of what he knows. Section 2. Specialness as a substitute for love. Paragraph 3. Love is extension. To withhold the smallest gift is not to know love's purpose. Love offers everything forever. Hold back but one belief, one offering, and love is gone because you ask the substitute to take its place. And now must war, the substitute for peace, come with the one alternative that you can choose for love. Your choosing it has given it all the reality it seems to have. Thank you, Brent. And Robin Marie. Two. 
Two, specialness as a substitute for love. Three, love is extension. To withhold the smallest gift is to not know love's purpose. Love offers everything forever. Hold back but one belief, one offering, and love is gone because you asked the substitute to take its place. And now must war, the substitution, the substitute for peace, come with the one alternative that you can choose for love. Your choosing it has given it all the reality it seems to have. For beliefs will never openly attack each other because conflicting outcomes are impossible. But an unrecognized belief is a decision to war in secret where the results of conflict are kept unknown and never brought to reason to be considered sensible or not. And many senseless outcomes have been reached and meaningless decisions have been made and kept hidden to become beliefs now given power to direct all subsequent decisions. Mistake, mistake you not the power of these hidden warriors to disrupt your peace, for it is at their mercy while you decide to leave it there. The secret enemies of peace, your least decision to choose attack instead of love, unrecognized and swift to challenge you to combat and to violence, far more inclusive than you think, are there by your election. Do not deny their presence, nor their terrible results. All that can be denied is their reality, but not their outcome. Thank you, Robin Marie and Jennifer. Four, beliefs will never openly attack each other because conflict, conflicting outcomes are impossible. But an unrecognized belief is a decision to war in secret where the results of conflict are kept unknown and never brought to reason to be considered sensible or not. And many senseless outcomes have been reached and meaningless decisions have been made and kept hidden to become beliefs, now given power to direct all subsequent decisions. Mistake you not, the power of these hidden warriors to disrupt your peace, for it is at their mercy while you decide to leave it there. The secret enemies of peace, your least decision to choose attack instead of love, unrecognized and swift to challenge you to combat and to violence far more inclusive than you think are there by your election. Do not deny their presence nor their terrible results. All that can be denied is their reality, but not their outcome. Five, all that is ever cherished as a hidden belief 
to be defended though unrecognized is faith and specialness. This takes many forms, but always clashes with the reality of God's creation and with the grandeur which he gave his son. What else could justify a task? For who could hate someone whose self is his and whom he knows? Only the special could have enemies. Hmm. For they are different and not the same. And difference of any kind imposes orders of reality and a need to judge that cannot be escaped. Thank you, Jennifer and Lori. Paragraph 5. All that is ever cherished is a hidden belief to be defended, though unrecognized, is faith and specialness. This takes many forms, but always clashes with the reality of God's creation and with the grandeur he gave his son. What else could justify attack? For who would hate someone whose self is his own, is his, and whom he knows? Who would hate someone whose self is his, and whom he knows? Only the special could have enemies, for they are different and not the same. Indifference of any kind imposes orders of reality and a need to judge that cannot be escaped. Paragraph 6. What God created cannot be attacked, for there is nothing in the universe unlike itself. But what is different calls for judgment, and this must come from someone, quote-unquote, better, someone incapable of being like what he condemns, quote-unquote, above it, sinless by comparison with it. And thus does specialness become a means and end at once. For specialness not only sets apart, but serves as grounds from which attack on those who seem, quote-unquote, beneath the special one is so-called natural and just. The special ones feel weak and frail because of differences. For what would make them special is their enemy. Yet they protect its enmity and call it, quote-unquote, friend. On its behalf, they fight against the universe, for nothing in the world has value more. Thank you, Lori. And Jessica? Okay. Thank you, Lemoyne. Um, six, what God created cannot be attacked, for there is nothing in the universe unlike itself. But what is different calls for judgment, and this must come from someone, quote, better, someone incapable of being like what he condemns, quote, above it, sinless by comparison with it. And thus does specialness 
become a means and end at once. For specialness not only sets apart, but serves as grounds from which attack on those who seem, quote, beneath the special one is, quote, natural and, quote, just. The special ones feel weak and frail because of differences. For what would make them special is their enemy. Yet they protect its enmity and call it, quote, friend. On its behalf, they fight against the universe for nothing in the world they value more. Specialness is the great dictator of the wrong decisions. Here is the grand illusion of what you are and what your brother is. And here is what must make the body dear and worth preserving. Specialness must be defended. Illusions can attack it, and they do. For what your brother must become to keep your specialness is an illusion. He who is, quote, worse than you must be attacked so that your specialness can live on his defeat. Can live on his defeat. For specialness is triumph and victory is his defeat and shame. How can he live with all your sins upon him? And who must be his conqueror but you? Thank you, Jessica and Lana. Thank you. Seven, specialness is the great dictator of the wrong decisions. Here is the grand illusion of what you are and what your brother is. And here is what must make the body dear and worth preserving. Specialness must be defended. Illusions can attack it, and they do. For what your brother must become to keep your specialness is an illusion. He who is, in quotes, worse than you must be attacked so that your specialness can live on his defeat. For specialness is triumph, and its victory is his defeat and shame. How can he live with all your sins upon him? And who must be his conqueror but you? Eight, would it be possible for you to hate your brother if you were like him? Could you attack him if you realized your journey with him to a goal that, I'm sorry, could you attack him if you realized you journey with him to a goal that is the same? Would you not help him reach it in every way you could if his attainment of it were perceived as yours? You are his enemy in specialness, his friend in a shared purpose. Specialness can never share, for it depends on goals that you alone can reach. 
and he must never reach them or your goal is jeopardized. Can love have meaning where the goal is triumph? And what decision can be made for this that will not hurt you? Your brother is your friend because his father created him like you. There is no difference. You have been given to each other that love might be extended, not cut off from one another. What you keep is lost to you. God gave you both himself. And to remember this is now the only purpose that you share. And so it is the only one you have. Thank you, Lana. And Karen. Number eight. Would it be possible for you to hate your brother if you were like him? Could you attack him if you realized you journey with him to a goal that is the same? Would you not help him reach it in every way you could if his attainment of it were perceived as yours? You are his enemy in specialness, his friend in a shared purpose. Specialness can never share, for it depends on goals that you alone can reach. And he must never reach them, or your goal is jeopardized. Can love have meaning where the goal is triumph? And what decision can be made for this that will not hurt you? Your brother is your friend because his father created him like you. There is no difference. You have been given to each other that love might be extended, not cut off from one another. What you keep is lost to you. God gave you both himself. And to remember this, is now the only purpose that you share. And so it is the only one you have. Nine, could you attack each other if you chose to see no specialness of any kind between you? Look fairly at whatever makes you give each other only partial welcome or would let you think that you are better off apart. Is it not always your belief your specialness is limited by your relationship? And is not this the quote-unquote enemy that makes you both illusions to each other? Well, thank you, Karen. And Judy. Karen Lemoyne, nine, could you attack each other if you chose to see no specialness of any kind between you? Look fairly at whatever makes you give each other only partial welcome or would let you think that you are better off apart. Is it not always your belief your specialness is limited by your relationship and Is not this the enemy that makes you both 
illusions to each other. Ten, the fear of God and of each other comes from each unrecognized belief in specialness. For each demands the other bow to it against his will, and God himself must honor it or suffer vengeance. Every twinge of malice or stab of hate or wish to separate arises here. Wow. For here the purpose, for here the purpose which you share becomes obscured from both of you. You would oppose this course because it teaches you you are alike. You have no purpose that is not the same, and none your father does not share with you. For your relationship has been made clean of special goals, and would you now defeat the goal of holiness that heaven gave it? What perspective can give, excuse me, what perspective can the special have that does not change with every seeming blow, each slight or fancy judgment on itself? Well, thank you, Judy. And is there a new reader for 10 and 11? <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, sorry, but I just lost my glasses and I can no longer see without them. That's fine. Thank you for the lap on I got it. Okay. What is it? Paragraph 10? 10 and 11, yeah. The fear of God and of each other comes from each, from each unrecognized belief in specialness. For each demand the other bow to it against his will. For each demands the other bow to it against his will. And God himself must honor it or suffer vengeance. Every twinge of malice or stab of hate or wish to separate arises here. For here the purpose which you share becomes obscured from both of you. You would oppose this course because it teaches you you are alike. You have no purpose that is not the same and none your father does not share with you. For your relationship has been made clean of special goals. And would you now defeat the goal of holiness that heaven gave it? What perspective can the special have that does not change with every seeming blow, each slight or fancied judgment on itself? Those who are special must defend illusions against the truth. For what is specialness but an attack upon the will of God? You love your brother, not while it is this you would defend against him. This is what he attacks and you protect. Here is the ground of battle which you wage against him. 
Here must he be your enemy and not your friend. Never can there be peace among the different. He is your friend because you are the same. Thank you, Sandra. And is there another new reader to conclude with paragraph 11? Another new reader for 11? Okay, uh, back to you, Harrison. Those who are special must defend illusions against the truth. For what is specialness but an attack upon the will of God? You love your brother not, while it is this you would defend against him. This is what he attacks and you protect. Here is the ground of battle which you wage against him. Here must he be your enemy and not your friend. Never can there be peace among the different he is your friend because you are the same. Thank you, Harrison. And uh, we are at the top of the hour, so as it... Uh, we all give our attention to Fran. She leads us in the lesson for the day. Uh, let me remember what my purpose is. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook, and the theme that we're on now is what is sin? And today's lesson is lesson 257. Let me, let me remember what my purpose is. So I shall read some from what is sin, and then we'll go over to the lesson and do our five-minute practice. <clears throat> what is sin? Sin is insanity. A madman's dreams are frightening. And sin appears indeed to terrify. And yet what sin <clears throat> excuse me, perceives is but a childish game. The Son of God may play he has become a body, pray to evil and to guilt, with but a little life that ends in death. But all the while his Father shines on him and loves him with an everlasting love which his pretenses cannot change at all. How long... O Son of God, will you maintain the game of sin? Shall we not put away these sharp dead children's toys? How soon will you be ready to come home? Perhaps today. There is no sin. 
Creation is unchanged. Would you still hold return to heaven back? How long? O holy Son of God, how long? Now we'll go over to the lesson. Lesson 257. Let me remember what my purpose is. If I forget my goal, I can be but confused, unsure of what I am, and thus conflicted in my actions. No one can serve contradicting goals and serve them well, nor can he function with that deep distrust and great depression. Let us therefore be determined to remember what we want today, that we may unify our thoughts and actions meaningfully and achieve only what God would have us do today. Father, forgiveness is your chosen means for our salvation. Let us not forget that we can have no will but yours today, and thus our purpose must be yours as well if we would reach the peace you will for us. Lesson 257, let me remember what my purpose is. Five minutes.
Lesson 257, let me remember what my purpose is. Amen. Thank you, friend. Thanks, friend. Oh, thank you, guys. Thank you, friend. Good morning. It's Mindy. Um, you know, whenever the word forgiveness comes up, um, it, it strikes fear into your heart. <laughs> oh, because whenever that word comes up, I I can feel a little resentment coming up. What? I'm to let go of all these injuries that people have done to me? And then when I realize, yeah, Yes, how else can I be happy living in the moment, expecting only love from my brother or a call from love? How can I be happy? How can I think that, on one hand, my purpose is to get back at or recuperate from injuries and go get out there and get some work, get some readings, get some singing jobs, and then shift to say, I'm here to experience God. I'm here to experience love, and I have no other purpose. And my only goal is to be in the present moment, listening to my heart, which is where where I have my connection with God. Maybe not directly, but through my soul, through my higher self, through the Holy Spirit. And I cannot have a mind telling me, go, go, do, do, get, get. And obeying that, and also listen to my heart, which will probably take me in a very different direction. So I can truly see how confusion and depression comes when I am divided between two purposes. One comes from the ego mind and the sense of separate self and needing to get and go, go and get. And the other wants to be still and know. And all my actions flow from that love. So... I am still feeling that I want more elucidation on forgiveness, (laughs) more lessons on it, more get down and dirty and get some, get some, some practice in on specific issues. And, um, I suppose what I just need to do is say, Holy Spirit, guide me to whatever book, whatever part of our book that I need to be in and just give that to the Holy Spirit instead of thinking, again, ego mind, I have to do something. I have to know something. So for me, my goal 
if I have to make it specific, is being open to learning what forgiveness is and truly knowing it, understanding it, and then allowing that part of me that is whole and is already in that place of forgiveness to come to my awareness and be that operating state of being. That's my best thought. So Holy Spirit, I ask you now, I am open. Please let me let go of all my ideas of what forgiveness is, which is full forgiveness. Oh, I, you did something to me, but I forgive you. Nope. <laughs> and let me realize that there's nothing that's needed. Help me know what your definition is and help me understand it and help me live it. And forgive through me. The spirit of wholeness is the only thing that can forgive. Any other perspective does not feel whole and does not see that there was no sin. Forgiveness is the recognition that no sin was committed by me or anyone else. Hi. Wow. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I ask and I accept, and so it is. So it is. Thank you for helping me know forgiveness and live it today. Amen. I'm complete. Thank you, Mindy. Thank you, Mindy. I had one more thought that I don't know comes in very handy here. What is forgiveness? I don't know. (laughs) And you know, it's so freeing to be in a space of, I don't know, and I'm willing for you to show me. Let not my mind be distracted from my purpose. Let not my mind be distracted from the truth. Let me hear a call for love in everything, especially when I perceive a need for forgiveness. So I don't know, and the Holy Spirit can show me, and and I don't know. (laughs) I'm complete. Thank you. Oh, that was lovely. Thank you, Mindy. Good morning, this is Sandra. And let me remember what my purpose is. Um, forgiveness has come in here. That is my major purpose is to forgive. And there's really, my experience with this has been that there's only one place that I need to put that energy and that's towards myself because when I don't accept my circumstances exactly the way they are as God's plan for my salvation and I don't take responsibility for that and I start balking at whatever the circumstances are and get angry because it doesn't look the way I think it's supposed to look. I'm forgetting what my purpose is. (laughs) My purpose is to accept God's plan for my salvation. And when I don't want to take responsibility for that, when I want God or somebody to do it for me, like I don't like these 
these circumstances. God, I want you to fix this. You know, it's those kinds of prayers. Instead of taking full responsibility for the experience that I'm creating within myself. This is what, to me, what it means to take responsibility, well, to, that, I'm, that I create my own reality. That's another way to say that I'm taking responsibility for the energy that I'm putting out in the world, the frequency that I'm putting out in the world. What frequency am I putting out there? One of resentment and anger that people aren't behaving the way I want them to? Or one of forgiving myself because I have these expectations of people and it's not their job. It's my job to take responsibility. And if one person, if I do need help and one person can't help me, I don't have to take that personally. I don't have to become a victim. I can go find another joyfully. Understanding that it, that thing didn't work out because that wasn't God's plan. God's plan for my salvation is whatever the circumstances of the day are. That's my opportunity to go in deep and to tell the truth about who I am and who you are. I'm complete. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. Yes, thank you. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you, Sandra. I'll just add that this is an inside job. No one, no one can do it for us. But it sure is nice. A bunch of mighty companions that are, are walking this path with me. I'll second that one. Me too. And I was just going to say that. We listen to you every day with such gratitude. I'm there and, too. Um, I, it's, it's, it's Karen, and I just want to apologize for calling out Sandra to read. I thought I heard her say she wanted to read on the reading list. Oh, I'm sorry I did that. <laughs> Stepped out of turn. I thought she got skipped. Sorry. Not a problem. Um, it's just... <laughs> well, I want to tell Lemoyne too. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> opening my big mouth and jumping in. <laughs> I have to have more faith. Um, yeah, I just wanted to share a few thoughts about the reading. Uh, it says, specialness or separateness, that I have hidden beliefs. I have beliefs inside me that I don't recognize I have. If I don't recognize them, I can't offer them to the Holy Spirit. And so on my meditation earlier this morning before, the, before any calls, I was struck by um, beliefs in sin, because sin was the topic, beliefs in sin uh, that I have about the body. And these beliefs draw conclusions, and then I make decisions based on my beliefs. It's exactly what it says in the introduction to this paragraph and that sets up the war against myself which was last was the last chapter that we read 
that there's a conflict of illusions. You know, I have to stop doing this quote-unquote sinful behavior. I'm at war with my body because my body's instincts want me to do this or appetites or desires, whatever. Or I'm sick and I don't like that I'm sick, so I'm in conflict with what is, as Sandra was just saying. And it sets up a, a belief, all these beliefs that are based on illusion versus illusion, which is the war against myself. And um, this chapter is asking me to, to look at what these hidden beliefs are, these underlying beliefs that cause me to act out without any awareness of it, you know, to drop into like really being aware of these beliefs. And it says when you have a stab of, of anger or anxiety or fear or guilt, um, it says that I'm judging and I'm not recognizing the sameness of my brother. And it was so beautiful when it says your brother was given to you to share this journey, not to be at war with or to be in um, competition with, com- competition and comparison with, that we are not different. We are the same. We are the same. We are all children of God. And in my meditation this morning, I thought about applying that to, um, first, you know, my sister and I, my older sister and I, we have a lot of, a lot of, uh, I don't know, karma, I would say. And uh, she came down to Virginia because my mom's in the hospital and she just uh, went back and she tested positive for COVID. And sure enough, my, my mother, now in her rehabilitation center, is also, also has COVID. And I was so happy when my mind held the situation in love. You know, it just was like, it, it went to sameness. It went to sharing. It went to unity. It didn't go to insanity and sickness of sin. And um, I won't go into that, but you guys get the idea. Um, We're sharing this journey, and we're even sharing it with people in the political arena that we don't like. You know, I don't know about you guys, but there are people I have judgments about in, in terms of politics. And... I thought, no, I have to see the sameness, you know, that I have blind spots and I have places where my ego is uh, obscuring the truth and I'm still asleep. And this is my brother who is beloved of God and we are the same on this journey home. We're on this journey home. Every single soul is on this journey home. You know, some people are at a different level and some people have a different curriculum and some people are, you know, unfortunately more in the materiality consciousness, but we are all the same. I guess that's enough. Thank you for letting me share. I'm complete. Oh, that was beautiful, Thank Karen. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Great gems.
This is Jennifer. I was thinking along lines with Karen as well earlier in the paragraph um, four. Uh, do not deny the, um, well, the secret enemies of peace, release decisions, attack instead of love, unrecognizing swift to challenge you to combat. Um, Senator, I can't hear you very well. Um, for some reason, oh, you're coming thanks. kind of murky. Murky. Here, is that better? Yes, that is. Thank you. Oh, thank you for commenting. Um, anyways, I just wanted, as a caveat, um, to um, Karen share, and what I was thinking as well was, he's saying, do not deny the presence. Um, and their terrible results. All that can be de- denied is your reality, or is their reality. And I thought, wow, okay, let me reread that. And um, in short, he's well. How I'm seeing this is, if I can just observe um, my suffering, which is beliefs that are not don't lead or stem from love, then I can just observe, take uh, and even observe the judgment of how um, I'm suffering in a relationship uh, to anybody that, that I, um, that um, pushes a button that, um, where I'm suffering. Um, and, uh, which is really an opportunity when I start to observe my judgment of them and myself, because I'm really hard on myself. Um, Just observe it, pause, and look at the suffering I'm experiencing. And as soon as I find myself suffering in any thought, situation, um, it's absolutely a belief, and and beliefs are... um, um, they're not true. They're not love. So um, all that can be denied is their reality. So what I heard him say is uh, just, just like Karen is saying, and I think everybody else, just um, be on the lookout and don't deny it. And then also let go of the judgment that I have. If I let go of the judgment that I have about it, then I'm... I'm I'm on my way, I'm free. Even if I'm still feeling the sting of the button, that that button is releasing, and and the body is able to release because my body is like a computer. It's got all this storage, <laughs> um, or or the energetic body inside the body, and it's blah blah blah. But anyways, this beautiful tool I have is feeling, feeling pain, emotional, mental, physical. And um, if I'm listening to the ego and this belief system that supports that, then I'm, I, I go into all kinds of pain. And it's all the way down to a physical pain, low back, um, uh, nausea, uh, sickness. Uh, so I just love how he says, don't deny it. You know, be, um, I just have to be brave enough to face the, su- the suffering I'm experiencing in any given moment. And then uh and then there's the bridge. 
anh sẽ thua Thank you, Jennifer. That was great. I especially love that you quoted the course in the context. It was great. Thank you. Thank you. And yes, we do need to be very brave. Where it says in the Course of Miracles, in my vulnerability lies my safety so i can feel my heart and my hands tremble you know when it's a when it's a you know high stakes <laughs> and i know i am right there in the sweet spot and there if i can just keep surrendering it and it might take 200 times that day or it might take 30 times just god i give this to you i give this to you i give this to you over and over, however many times it takes, until I feel the peace. That's that's what I'm being asked to do. And forgive myself. There's a love. Hi, good morning, guys. It's Jude. I um, really, um, what Sandra said about this being an inside job is, is um, <laughs> it, it comes from, you know, where my, my learning, my unlearning began. Um, you know, that it's not about them. It's not about what's happening outside of me. Um, it's not about situations or circumstances. As far as the cause of the loss of my peace, you know, that first and foremost, I have to understand that. God created me as peace itself, happiness itself. It's something I cannot seek, need not seek, don't have to seek outside myself. It's who I am as God created me. And that whole, the whole, you know, inside job, then becomes how I see everything outside of me because then I don't make demands or commands upon anything to be other than the way it is itself because I don't need to. My happiness and my peace aren't contingent on what's outside of me. This whole, um, you know, peace is a state of mind. Heaven is a state of mind. It doesn't have to do with the physicality of the situations and the circumstances. We talked or read about it in being above the battleground, that we're in this world, but we're not of it. And that's our ability to transcend it spiritually in order to properly respond to it in our physical experience of it, to do what needs to be done the right actions that need to, to happen from moment to moment that come from peace itself, that come from love itself, that comes from being happy itself, that extends itself as itself. And um, this whole, you know, specialness is... <clears throat> oh, I'm, 
I want to be me, you know. I want to have my ideas. I want to, um, you know, this whole, it's so, so clear in paragraph five in the text, you know, that all that's ever cherished is the hidden belief. I want to be special. It's all about me. Don't you know what my version of the story is and how right I am and how hurt I've been? This, you know, always clashes with the reality of God's creation and the grandeur which he gave his son. And who could hate someone whose self is his? How can I hate myself? And if I know myself, it's being everyone. So that one being, one being that I am in God, that I share with God, and God shares with me, and God shares with everyone, becomes the way that I look upon everything in the world, that God is in everything, and that to judge any part of it is to judge God, because there's no separate parts. There's no distinctions, no differences, no lines. It's infinitely one God, one God, God being himself, in the totality of his reality, which is mine, mine that I share. So either I'm sharing the totality of my awareness with this reality or I'm asleep, I'm asleep, I'm ignoring my reality in the dark. And I'm saying, oh, it's all about me. And don't I want this to be different? My suffering is encapsulated in that one thought form. I don't like this. I don't want it to be this way. Or I, I'm missing something that isn't here, right here and right now. I want to be somewhere else. I want something to be different. That whole restless, irritable, and discontent, having expectations, demands, commands, something be different or other than God being God himself. A difference of any kind imposes orders of reality. I'm going to impose my order on reality and a need to judge it that can't be escaped. I'm paying the price in my own suffering by judging it. That's the price I pay. Suffering is the price I pay for my judging reality. It's that simple. And would I disturb my own peace? Would I argue with God? God's purpose. My, God's purpose for me, what, do I share God's will for me? God's will for me is that I'd be perfectly happy and perfectly at peace. And who decides against this except Jude? Jude's the one that says, no, I don't, I don't want to be at peace. I don't like this. I want to be somewhere else, somewhere else doing something else. I'm not happy. I'm not at peace. And I, all I'm doing is, is attacking my, the totality of my own reality. I'm making myself limited and little and miserable and small. And nobody does this to anybody except me. And those who are special must defend illusions against the truth. Last paragraph, paragraph 11. I'm just going to defend my illusion of being alone and separate and against the whole of my reality for what is specialness but an attack upon the will of God. And I don't love anybody. 
when it is this I would defend. So here's the battleground. I'm either on the battleground, personalities fighting personalities for their own little itty-bitty square of to- out of the sliced and diced out of the totality of the awareness of all reality, capital R. And there ca- never can there be peace among the different. I mean, it's my whole perspective on the world. And I either claim my reality and own it, acknowledge it. I don't have to defend it because it's completely invulnerable from attack. And it says this in the text today, too. I've talked long enough, but it's very important, very magnitudinally grand and, 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 and whole and content and peaceful ideas we're discussing today. <laughs> Amen. That's all. Thank you, Jude. You described Thank exactly you, how Judy. I was feeling just now. Sorry. Thank you for dis- for doing that, Jude. For describing exactly how I was feeling and telling me what that is and, and what the reason for that is. I appreciate it. Great, Sarah, Judy. I know Thank it you, well. Honey. Believe me, I don't. Thank I know you, Judy. I've suffered a lot at my own hands. I know it too well. <laughs> That's why I'm so willing to let it go. Thank you. Don't they call that self-induced suffering or something like that? Well, that's why I call the ego the misery maker, the baloney grinder. It's constantly restless, irritable, and discontent. And, you know, in AA we say we got to smash the ego, and the, but the Course is more tender. It says to embrace, embrace our suffering and recognize this need not be so, that we are doing this to ourselves. We're only crucifying ourselves. We're only condemning ourselves. We're only making ourselves suffer needlessly. That God would not have it so. Christ would not have it so. Holy Spirit says, this is need not be. You can be happy, joyous, and free in a state of mind that is totally transcendent of any physical situation or circumstance. I know, because my, my physical situation and circumstances and all that it has been in the past or, or may be changed in the future. I don't know. But it's not, it's not that that is important. I recognize it's not that. It's not the body and it's not the physical stuff that needs to change. It's my attitude towards it, the way that I see it, the way that I, I embrace it, my own suffering within it, and say this need not be. You can be really happy. You can be happy, joyous, and free in the incredible likeness of your being, the way God would hold you in his mind, holy in spirit and holy in mind. State of mind, period. I'm complete. Thank you, Judy.
Thank you, Judy, and everyone who shared this morning. Um, I I don't know if you can hear that small plane buzzing. Anyway, I I feel called to return to the first line of this chapter. It's and then relate it to the to what we looked at yesterday. Um, the first line is, forget not that the motivation for the course is the attainment and the keeping of the state of peace. And, you know, there's a, there's like the primary instruction in uh, the rules for decision, the totally emphasized sentence is, do not fight yourself. And the echo of that in yesterday's reading, it says you are not asked to fight against your wish to murder and uh, consider what is murdered in our judgment as peace. <laughs> that This thing of separating something from heaven, which is heaven is wholly true. And it is what was created and still is and it is our it is the idea that you know the course defines at one point the separation there's like many views of it but at one point it just says the separation is the idea of conflict so you know it's the achieving of release and forgiveness is not done by fighting against our crazy, mad ideas, but more like recognizing that as I know at least one of you brought forth, I mean, this is the littlest gift. This is the little gift that you just give it up and let it go. Give it to Give it to God. He knows what to just ignore that and continue extending love, right? So it's it is a giving up of the fight that ends the war against ourselves, and uh, and is behind all release of specialness. And I think yesterday's let's see if I've got this. Oh, I don't have it handy. But yesterday's lesson is is sort of an instruction, I think, there. In it, where it says, here we can but dream. But we can dream we have forgiven him. And this hymn is very general whether it's ourselves or others, we can dream we have forgiven him in whom all sin remains impossible. And it is this we choose to dream today, that this is how forgiveness is the illusion that leads out of all the others, is, you know, this, our ability to dream, you know, or just ask, what if it's, it, let it. What if it's all, all already forgiven, and then the judgments 
can be seen through, I believe, if you if we hold to this imagination of what actually is, it will come forth and uh, show us the way to peace through all of our dreams of specialness, which, you know, let's say they don't have an effect in form, but they really will not, or will not be what people are dealing with in a hundred years except for the fact that it's just another example of separating and losing sight of the sameness that must exist in unitary creation where it's all already forgiven because it was never judged and yet we're free to indulge in it because it doesn't really change what is. Um, but we can dream, we, a dream of forgiveness in which these tiny mad ideas appear as the tiny mad ideas they are. And uh, they can wash away in, in the reality that's available by aligning our minds with uh, what is peace, which is the goal. <laughs> so um, it can be this, the one word answer is God is our goal, but really today it's, it's clear in the reading that peace is the goal of what we do here and what we can share. Uh, anyway, I'm complete with that. Thank you all for being here. Oh, thank you, Lemoyne. Oh, that was yeah. a great pulling together. Thank, thank you, you so much, Lemoyne. Great hearing from you. It was perfect. Thank you, Lemoyne. It was just great. Thank you, Lemoyne. Good morning, it's Lana. I sure have been enjoying listening to all the shares this morning and the reading. Um, you know, it, it's like I feel like I say this all the time, but it seems like every time I read a portion of the text or a certain lesson, it feels like it um, encapsulates the whole Course in Miracles. Um, uh, you know, I try to keep certain things. In fact, I write them down because, of course, the ego thought system is the great eraser of truth from the mind. And my memory isn't that great anyway, <laughs> even my human memory. Um, but there's certain things that are really pivotal to me in, um, or I should say fundamental uh, in maintaining this peace that he speaks of. Um, Jesus tells us that the whole motivation for doing this course is 
inner peace because peace is such a powerful state of mind. Um, it's uh, in that stillness of mind um, I find my peace, not in thinking but or figuring out or anything like like that, um, even forgiveness. Um, you know, Mindy was sharing such uh, <laughs> the dilemma, you know, it's like, what is forgiveness? And Jesus tells us in the Course that first forgiveness, then understanding. Yet, if I don't know what forgiveness is, how can I practice it and seek the understand and get the understanding? And um, it it goes back to another fundamental truth that the Course teaches me, and and that is um, forgiveness is done for me, not by me. Jesus makes it very clear in countless places in the Course that. I only need to be willing to invite and embrace and accept forgiveness, just like I only need to be willing to accept the atonement for myself. You know, so first forgiveness, then understanding. So in my willingness to forgive, forgiveness is done unto me. And only then does the clarity and the certainty of truth enter my mind that I remember, I can remember uh, and recognize that in truth there's nothing to forgive. But I can't, I can't arrive at that place with an unhealed mind. I can't understand anything with an unhealed mind. I can have opinions about it. I can have even beliefs, solid beliefs. I believe this is the truth. But uh, atonement is undoing. Its meaning is undoing of beliefs. Jesus certainly wouldn't give us a curriculum for undoing our beliefs and ask us to replace it with another belief. <laughs> so only when I let go of what my ego tells me is true um, is there a space in my mind to welcome forgiveness and welcome the truth to enter my mind, uh, to be kind to ourselves, to be compassionate to ourselves. You know, in, in the course, Jesus talks about judgment, and it's just the nature of the beast, <laughs> the nature of duality. We will make choices, this or that, either this or that. And anytime time uh, we're choosing one thing over another, um, we're accepting one premise and rejecting another. Uh, truth can't be found there. Truth is, um, is whole, is whole, like love is, God is, I am. Um, there's no opposite to truth. So that's why when the mind is healed, I find peace because I see what always was, always is, and always will be. And, and that's my unity and wholeness and oneness in God. As long as I'm utilizing the ego thought system, the thinking mechanism, I'm, I'm separating myself from the wholeness that I am and the completion that I am. Uh, because the ego thought system is based on lack. It's about filling 
trying to fill an und- a need, trying to fill a hole in our hearts and our minds. And in truth, there is no lack. There is no hole. There is no gap between who I am and who you are and who God is. So the remedy seems to be for me is to seek that wholeness, that oneness, which clarifies and heals my mind so that I'm not jumping around, struggling, thinking that I'm a failure. I can't understand this. This is beyond me. Of course it is. Our spiritual nature is perfect, but our human nature, not so much. (laughs) And, And we're always healing. We're always healing. That gap or um, seeming lack is is a really homesickness for our wholeness in God. So when I step aside, and, um, and really the only question I ask anymore about anything is what is the truth of this? And it's not a question that I answer. It's, a que- it's an, the answer shows up in my mind without my participation, when I step aside and bring my mind to a still and present peaceful state, I'm willing to forgive myself for forgetting the truth. I'm willing to remember my truth and the truth of all my brothers. And um, another place in the Course Jesus says he, he recognized that his brother was the needs of his brother were no different than his own. Um, he recognized that um, we all share the same purpose. We all sh- we all want love. We all want to be loved. We all want to extend love. We all want to share love. And um, Jesus uh, once gave me a little outline. <laughs> on uh, the purpose, the motivation, the means of forgiveness and what it means to me and the, and the nature of who I am. And um, our goal, the whole goal of the Course in Miracles is know thyself. Misidentification of self is the leading cause of any fear that we experience, or sadness, or anxiety, or anger. We simply misidentified ourselves. It's really important to notice what we put after the words I am, because we can pick up that identity and think that's who we are. And, you know, as he tells us here today, the motivation for taking this Course in Miracles is inner peace for the reasons I just stated. It's a powerful state of mind. The means for accomplishing that is forgiveness, to welcome it, be willing to. And, and that can be challenging. I find that anger, um, unfortunately, I don't experience anger very often, but when I do, uh, to be willing to let go of that anger can be challenging. You know, it's like, I want to hold on to this for just a little longer because I feel so justified in this anger. I feel it's a valid uh, assumption. And of course, Jesus tells us anger is never justified. No ego emotion that is um, 
and mo- and most of them, if not all, are negative. A, mo- a negative energy I'm inviting into my being. And um, the path uh, that we follow in A Course in Miracles and also in A Course of Love is, is, is found through our relationships, our relationship with ourselves, our true selves, our relationship with God, our relationships with our brothers and sisters, our relationship to anything, whether um, even in an objective reality, you know, what's my relationship to the paintbrush I use or the pen I write or my fingers on a keyboard. Um, everything is relationship. And how I respond is, is, is more important to me than what shows up. You know, I know from all these decades of walking around in this body that things are going to show up in my awareness. Some I judge as good, some I judge as bad, some I judge as ridiculous, you know, but they will continue to show up. And for me, what is important, whether I'm talking about the world, my brother, um, or anything, um, is what is my relationship with it? What is my response to it? Um, And... And Jesus told me once that the, one of the bravest things I ever do is respond to fear with love. But I've also learned over the years that that's the remedy for healing the fear. You know, Jesus tells us, love thy enemies. For the simple reason is extending love is no longer your enemies. You know, so um, what else did he say about Resist not evil. Don't fight it. You're fighting a losing game because you can't fix or change nothingness. You can't fix or change something that isn't there. So it's like the little hamster on the wheel. I'm trying to understand. I'm trying to figure this out. I'm trying to fix fix this. And of myself, I can do nothing, especially the ego self. But in union, in relationship with God, everything is made possible. You know, what is the truth of this? And then we be still, silence the mind, rest in God. And sooner or later, during the day, it's like, boom, where did that come from? That thought that was delivered to my mind that brings the certainty and clarity that I couldn't achieve on myself by myself. The whole idea of specialness is wanting something to be different than it is. Nothing is always nothing. (laughs) You know, no matter how I gift wrap it or define it or judge it, I'm dwelling in a realm of nothingness, believing it is something that matters. Um, The only thing that matters is love. It's the love I extend, the love that I allow myself to receive. And, um, And for me, that's what forgiveness is. It's not a doing. It's a being. It's a being willing to be awakened and remember my truth. And then we see and we perhaps laugh that there was nothing to forgive, ever. What was needed was my memory, my mind to be healed so that I could realize that. 
And so when I ask for forgiveness, I'm really asking for the willingness to be forgiven, the willingness to forgive my brothers of these illusions that we've come to believe are real. You know, it's a terrible burden to put on a brother um, or a sister uh, our own expectations of how they should show up in this world. You know, I joke a lot about my roommate, I call him Archie Bunker. And when I first moved in here, I thought, well, this is going to be challenging. And all I had to do was allow my roommate to be who he was, to give him permission to be Archie Bunker, <laughs> let him express himself as Archie Bunker. It's no sweat off my back. You know, let him be who he is. And in that instant, a holy relationship was formed. And all of a sudden, I, you know, I was searching in the beginning. I, you know, I would keep telling myself, I know the Christ is in there somewhere and I'm going to find it. <laughs> the Christ was always there waiting to be revealed when I put aside my judgments and my expectations of who I thought he should be, of what I thought of how I thought he should act, of what I thought he should say. There's tremendous freedom when we let go of those burdens or be willing to let have them let go of us. And that's, for me, what is forgiveness. It's not um, me letting go. It's the, it's the illusion that I came to believe in letting go of me. It just fades away and disappears. When I when I don't do battle with it or resist it and just allow that energy to pass through me and whether it's physical or emotional pain, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, when I allow it to be, when I just allow things, everything to be what it is, love comes to the surface because that's the only thing that it is. That is. So I'm got that one on now. So I will... Um, I will just um, end it there. (laughs) Thank you for patiently listening. I appreciate all of you. I love all of you. I'm complete. Wow. That was just so thorough, Lana. Thank you. Thanks, Lana. Thank you. I love that line up. Thank you so much. I love the way you said forgiveness is not a doing, it's a being. Forgiving is a a way of being. That was beautiful to me. Thank you. No, thank you. Yeah, the ego is a doer. Spirit is a being. (laughs) We just be. Thank you, Lana, and thank you for emphasizing forgiveness just requires our willingness to let God work through us. And I loved what Lemoyne said because he just reminded me that um, forgiveness is just the willingness to let go of the ego, insanity, and pettiness and point of view. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Karen. Thanks, Karen. Last, this is Jennifer. You said ego is the doer, and what was the opposite? 
spirit is being. Spirit is just being. It knows it's whole and complete. There's nothing to do. Jesus tells us, I need do nothing. The truth of us knows we need do nothing. All, everything is already accomplished. Of course, the love reminds us of that, that we're accomplished. There's no fixing. We're already perfect. The only thing that may seem to be lacking is our recognition of that fact. Um, so ego is busy doing this and doing that and do 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 being um spirit is just being what it is complete i love it I, I i took a bunch of notes i'm just so grateful i spirit told me get your notebook and your pen this morning and put it on the table and uh, here we are thank you thank you I love that, Lana, being what is without judgment. Being, being, you know, if I'm, if I'm upset, I can be upset and I don't have to judge it. But I, but, and it's the judgment that makes me suffer. It really is. If I can just let it be and be grateful. Granted, I may not be able to forgive it yet, but I can let it be and be grateful for the opportunity to go in deeper, to to explore the truth of who I am. What does that look like? What does that feel like? You know, because I was so identified with the ego, I didn't know what it looked or felt like to be my true self, my divine self, to be the way that God sees me, not the way that humanity may see me or other any you know it's it's just to 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 build that relationship with god and with myself and those are the you know if those two relationships are intact everything else is can it can be whatever it's going to be it doesn't matter what the world looks like if my relationship with myself and god are intact it does not matter what the world looks like i'm complete Oh, man, I love that. Yes. I have a friend, her name is Glory from Boston, and she had this saying, heal your mind and your ass will follow, you know. (laughs) And it's so true, you know, heal the mind, heal that relationship with God, and every relationship um, becomes holy. Because until my relationship with God is... um, is out of whack, you know, then everything will show up out of whack. You know, it's it's just the nature of of, of um the ego uh, um the ego mentality, you know. So um that's that's very true. It's um acceptance is so important. I don't have to like it, but um you know, let it be, let it flow, let it go. Everything is energy, everything is passing. Unless I grab hold of something, a thought or a feeling and resist it or make it real or try to make it real because I can't make it real, but I can make an experience that will convince me that it is real. And that just blocks that energy, you know, it's um, and holds it in place. And whether it be any type of pain, whether it's my back or whether it's emotional upset, you know, once that energy shows up in my awareness, 
I have two choices. I can let it be, let it flow, and let it go, or I can engage it and try to fix it and figure it out and understand, which is, Jesus calls it, it's not good or bad, it's just a tragic waste of time. And um, and so when I'm sad, I'd be sad. When I'm in pain, I'd be in pain, but I'm never alone. And I look at it and be the observer in the movie theater and make that distinction between the movie and who I truly am as the awareness of it. You know, it's like Rupert Spira says it so eloquently. It's who we are is the awareness of being aware. I am the awareness of what shows up. And what I, how I respond to what shows up Will, do, will point my mind, my heart towards love or con, or, or, and peace or conflict and fear. You know, it's that response to what shows up that's important because it, it will either hold it in place or allow it to pass through and be replaced by a more loving, comforting energy. I'm complete. Thank you, Sandra. My goodness. Thank you so much. I'm writing away. I don't know if I should be, but man, thank you. Thank you. Oh, I'm so glad it resonated with you. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, I think it resonates with everybody on this call. Uh, Everyone is so needed here and I just got my pen out with you today. Thank you. Well, thank you, Lana, for <laughs> your practicality. And uh yeah. Your your love for your uh Roommate you've nicknamed Archie is uh, is a parent. I know one thing that uh, you can always see in in just letting people be the way they are, and when they're voluble and opinionated, you can definitely see their passion and. Uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> thank you all for being here this morning. Um, it is a little bit maybe past the usual time, so I'd like to go ahead and close the recording. And let me ask you, Lori, do you have a poetic close for this call this morning? Uh, turns out I do. <laughs> um there, this reading is so incredibly excellent uh, in teaching me what is valuable and what is valueless. And of course, when I remember, let me remember my goal is God. Uh, my purpose is to retain what's valuable in my mind. And that's the only way I learn trust. But anyway, forgiveness is my tool for maintaining my peace. And forgiveness goes before me. I scatter it with my hands. It's the singular solution 
in this dark unknowable land forgiveness goes before me it's a gift from God himself thank you Anna it's done for me not by me the solution to my predicament and all the pain I ever felt forgiveness goes before me it brings every brother home with me I see the bright light too in him at last one with all I see when it goes before me I skip the part about making it real and uh, and find out what peace is I'm complete thank you for asking it's a beautiful poem I'm sorry I can't tell you who wrote it but I love it I'm complete thank you Lori oh thank you Lori Thanks, Lori. Lori, I was wondering if you had a share after the call ends. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, um, thank you all again, and uh, I'll end the recording, but not the call. So. <laughs> <laughs>